Hello, everybody. It's Monday morning, and uh, I'm solo today. Frank is uh, visiting his family at Christmas is a couple days away. Um, I'm actually fletching arrows, so today I'm not only going to do a podcast. I'm multitasking, so we'll see how well that works. I'm fletching and, and uh, podcasting at the same time. But what we're going to, uh, or what I'm going to cover today, is uh, sleeping bag ratings, the uh, EN ISO rating, what that means, um, how sleeping bags are tested, how we test our sleeping bags here at Kafaru, uh, but more importantly, how to stay warm in a sleeping bag. Some um, bro science, I guess. That um, there was a post recently on Kafaru Insiders that uh, a guy got cold in a Kafaru bag. And was curious if other people had the same issue. And um, there was a lot of stuff thrown out there, good information on that post. But I wanted, you know, the the, the reach of the podcast is much larger than, than obviously Kafaro Insider. So I wanted to make sure everybody heard this, um, whether you use a Kafaro sleeping bag or not, just to help you stay warm. Things that people do that probably are um, not, you know, they're, 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 <laughs> there, there are certain things that people think are possibly helping them stay warm and are really counterproductive. And then there's other things people may not be doing that could help them stay warmer in whatever bag you're using. Um, so I'm going to try and cover all of that, hopefully, in this, the hopes that people stay warmer in their bag. Um, so, you know, s- starting off, um, one of the things that was, uh, you know, talked about in on that post on Kafaro Insiders is... Um, how are our sleeping bags, the slick bag, rated? Is it a comfort rating or a survival? Uh, for the most part, it's a comfort rating. When we tested these, we had about 15 different people test them. Um, now, the EN rating or ISO rating is what a lot of sleeping bags that you find at REI, how they're tested. It started in Europe. I can't remember what year it was started, but... It's been updated. The EN is now actually called the ISO rating, and I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, And all it is is an updated, standardized version of testing. Um, I didn't want to pay for it. It's actually fairly expensive. Uh, I just figured I had 15 guys, and we would test them ourselves and do our own EN or ISO rating. Um, But what what it is 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 it basically standardizes a – a specific, I think there's mannequins with sensors hooked to them is how they test it in different um, temp ratings. And I think they, you know, everything has the same sleeping pad. Um, so everything's equal. So it's fair for the buyer when they purchase a sleeping bag that they have an equal test across the board um, with that EN or ISO rating, meaning everything's equal. So it's, it's a, uh, you know, even across the board. Um, we did the same thing with our bags. We just, um, I have gotten cold in bags that were EN and, or, or ISO rated in, in temps above what they were rated for. The reason why I got cold is my, I have Raynaud's and my feet and my hands get a lot colder than my body. So while the EN rating was probably correct for my body, it wasn't for my hands and my feet because I'm a little bit different and everybody's different. And so when we tested our bags, we used me and another guy as kind of the the survival dummy rating um, just because I get so cold so easy. Um, I'm going to make sure and try and hit all this so people understand. There's a lot of different things that people um, – you know, I've seen people use really good bags, not just Kefaru bags, but really good bags – 
and get cold and chalk it up to the bag. Like, this bag sucks. I got cold. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. Generally, you fucked up. Um, You went to bed dehydrated. You went to bed on an empty stomach. Your pad sucks. You didn't zip up to the snow collar. You didn't have a hood on. You didn't have a beanie hat on. There's many different reasons to get cold. You compress the insulation of the bag. You had too many different clothes on. That was another thing that was talked about on that uh, that I really wanted to cover was about wearing clothing in the, in the bag and, and how that should, no matter what, raise your temp rating, which is not the case always. And so, you know, at first I'm going to go over uh, what to do um, getting in the bag normally, um, the R rating of, of, of sleeping pads, you know, extreme cold weather, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to go over some different ways to ch- maybe cheat the system, um, you know, meaning like heating up a water bottle, putting it inside the bag. So um, when, when you have a sleeping bag and let's say it's rated for like ours, ours is rated for one of ours is 20 degrees. You should be able within reason uh, to sleep down to 20 degrees in that bag. That's if you do everything correctly. Uh, and I would say that goes for any sleeping bag. Ours are rated like a 20 degree Kefaro slick bag is going to be about the same as a 20 degree Western mountaineering or Valandra or, or uh, feathered friends within reason. So I have gotten in, I use Western mountaineering down bag sometimes as where's the Kefaro slick bag. If I uh, let myself get cold when I get in the bag, even if the pad is, is commensurate or, or uh, in the continuity or whatever you want to call it with the temperature outside, meaning the R value is correct. Uh, if I let myself get cold before I get in the bag, I'm going to be cold. That bag does not produce heat. Um, it's an insulating uh, system, and so it can insulate cold or heat, just like a cooler. If you put something in a cooler that's hot, it's going to keep hot air in the cooler. The bag is the same way. If you are not warm or producing heat, when you get in a sleeping bag, you're going to freeze your ass off. So mm, if your body's warm and your feet are cold, for the most part, when you get in that bag, your body's going to stay warm and your feet are still going to be cold. They might eventually warm up, but it's going to be a while. And in my case, since I have Raynaud's, it just never happens. I freeze. My feet freeze. So I have to take precautions. I'll wrap puffy jackets around my feet. So you want to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, you don't have too much space inside the bag if you want to meet the, uh, the, the temp rating. If you have way too much space in the bag, meaning the bag is a lot bigger than you are, it takes more body heat to fill the empty space. You can fill that space with clothing, a whoopee, whatever, but if your bag's rated for 20 and you're hypothetically, or whatever, 5'9", and you're 165, 70 pounds, and you have, I'm gonna use a Kafaru Slick bag, you have a regular length, which is the correct length, wide. That bag is not a 20-degree bag anymore. That bag's probably a 30-degree bag, um, 25, 28, 30, because it's going to take way more time for your little body to heap that big-ass bag up. Now, if there will be in there, puffy jackets, whatever we are wearing them or put them around, that's going to take up the, clo- the, the empty space, and you won't have as you know, much empty space to heat. That is very important if you're listening. If you got a giant ass bag because you like to roll around, and I totally understand that, but it's not a 20 degree bag anymore. That goes for any sleeping bag from any manufacturer. The bag is rated to be 
um, have a little bit of space around you to where you're not compressing the insulation, that's what it's rated for. So you got a white bag and you get cold, it's not the bag's fault. Blame yourself. You bought the wrong size of a bag. Now, the the sleeping pad, just as important. Um, I would say my 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 coldest nights, um, within reason, you know, of just coming into camp and hopping in a bag, um, you know, didn't let myself get cold. You know, you're losing heat through that pad if that pad's R value. Uh, and I think the you know, and I have to look at relative effectiveness. Actually, that's the uh, for explosive, the RE value. But the R value is if it's, let's say, um, I'm pulling these out of my ass a little bit. If it's a 2.8 to 3 point something, you know, that's kind of a three season sleeping pad. You know, you have to hit over five in an R value for extreme cold weather. And I'll hit in the hacks later on of putting space blankets below the bag, you know, or uh, below the pad to help keep you warmer. But, you know, face value, you throw down a 3.2 sleeping pad and it gets down below 20 degrees, your pad is failing you every second you're losing heat through the bottom of your body because your, your insulation of your bag is compressed at the bottom. Obviously, you're laying on top of it. The pad compensates that, 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 that compressed insulation. So that is bad so you have to make sure your pad is you know up to, to up to task up to snuff for for the conditions you're sleeping in uh in the case of the guy asking questions on kafaro insiders sounded like two things his pad is shit basically i mean it's a bad pad um for what he was doing not a bad pad overall you can't blame your pad either this pad sucks i got cold well if it's a three season pad you know it's only going to be good for three seasons you push it into four you can put a foam pad below it, which I've done, and it will work great. You can take a space blanket, you know, that'll help um, conduct that heat or radiate heat or whatever. There's convection, conduction, whatever, anyway. Um, so those are a couple of big things. Now, the other thing when you get in the bag uh, is compressing the insulation. If you are too big for the bag, which happens, and it's just as bad as being too small for the bag, if you're too big and you're pushing the insulation flat, now that goes for down or synthetic. It's not as bad with the, the insulation we use because we don't rely, it's a denser, it, it's, it's denser than down, meaning the insulation that we use is a very dense and so it's harder to compress. It, it can be compressed to lose heat, but with down, what you're relying on is the thickness of that down or the expansion of the down or the loft, whatever you want to call it, um, helping keep the heat inside the bag that your body is generating. And if you compress that, you're losing heat. It's, 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 now, it's now escaping more or less. So your body is the heat box. That is what conducts or, or pushes heat out to keep the bag warm. So if you get in the bag cold, you're going to be cold. It's going to take a while. Um, and again, I'll go over, you know, as far as doing some push-ups, running around the camp a little bit before you get in the sleeping bag to help stay warm. I'll do that in a little bit. So compressing insulation, another epic fucking problem. And I've seen that in foot boxes, and it happens to me. You don't always have this flat, happy-go-lucky um, you know, perfect sleeping area that you're in in the backcountry. Sometimes it can be slanted. When it's slanted, you may slide to the bottom of the bag. When you slide to the bottom of the bag, 
the insulation at the foot box compresses, the feet are probably the easiest to get cold, now you're cold. So in my case, when that happens, I usually am taking a puffy jacket and wrapping it around my feet to help combat that. Um, so hopefully all this makes sense so far. Now, another thing that can happen when you get in a bag, there's this huge argument. Um, man, even to this day, I, the first time years ago when I was looking at buying a good bag, a guy told me to sleep naked. Um, you know, this was in when I was really getting into back backpack hunting hard and heavy, late 90s. I mean, when I say that, I've always backpack hunted, extreme backpack hunting, extreme conditions, long trips, um, you know, where weight was an issue. And the guy said to sleep naked. And I'm like, man, that kind of goes against what I know, you know, what I learned in the military. And I talked to another guy uh, who is much more advanced, and he actually explained to me how it works or, or what I perceived is the right information. And um, a bag liner is a good way to go to help. Um, let's say, you, you, you know, the temp rating of your bag isn't quite up to snuff to your specific body. Just because it's EN or ISO rated um, doesn't necessarily mean your body is equal to that mannequin. Um, or you get a bag that, you know, it said is a 20 degree bag, but that's the survival rating. So it's probably more like a 30 degree bag. What you can help to bump that up is a sleeping bag liner. Um, you can also, you know, wear a base layer, which I suggest to bed, whether that be merino wool or, you know, synthetic, whatever, socks. I try not to wear socks to bed unless I have to because it can make your feet a little bit soft. But again, get it wearing socks to bed is another way to help keep your feet warm. What can happen, does happen, and what is generally the culprit is your feet are not your heat source. Your arms aren't your heat source. Your torso, your core part of your body from your neck to your ass is what's generating the heat. What can happen, and what generally does, is if you wear too many layers on that portion, you're not necessarily trapping the heat, obviously, inside those layers where it's not going to reach out to the bag, but that part of your body may sweat, and then your poor little feet are not conducting heat and it takes a long time for the body of your torso or your core to get down to your poor little feet. And so wearing too many layers on your torso area will cause that to sweat, but your feet are fucked. And so you really don't want to put more than a base layer on your core. Now this is in normal temps trying to stay warm, meaning, you know, September, mid-September, you know, maybe high 20s at night and, uh, you know, whatever, 70s in the day, um, you know, whatever your bag's rated for, we're not talking extreme, like extreme cold and the negatives, that's a little bit different story. That's when you, you put down booties on your feet, you know, and, and puffy jackets on and all that. Generally, though, what happens, let's say the first time goes and sleeps and it's 24 degrees out, the bag's a 20 degree rating. You have some socks on, but you layer up. You got a base layer and a puffy jacket, uh, thermal pants on. You've let yourself get cold. You don't warm your feet up. You don't preheat the bag with anything. You hop in. Your core is probably not cold. Your feet are what's cold. Maybe your legs are cold. You don't wear a beanie hat or you don't put your hood on. I don't wear the hood of my bag a lot or my sleeping bag. I don't put the hood on. I wear a real thick patrol cap, a stocking cap, and I tighten up the neck because my, my, um, even that's not the best advice. That's just what I do. Um, 
but you got to got to keep your noggin warm. You don't wear a beanie hat. That's another huge problem is not not keeping your head warm. Um, so, you know, I get in that bag. Um, it's not a 20 degree bag anymore, even if it's, let's say, gets down to 20, 22, 24. If you get in the bag cold, um, but you put this massive puffy jacket on, but you only have a thin layer of socks on, you get in that bag, your core is going to produce heat. Um, but your core is probably going to sweat, which is really counterproductive. It's not transferring heat down to your feet, not very quickly. And so where you probably would have been better off is taking that puffy jacket, lining it around your feet, making sure not to compress the bag down below, uh, you know, in your foot box. And your core now is going to heat up and be fine. But your feet, what little heat they're producing, that puffy jacket is going to help trap that in. Now, the other problem with wearing too many layers, you can com- you can uh, compress the you have the potential of compressing the insulation of the bag. And that, again, like we talked about before, is a huge problem. So do you sleep naked? The only time I, I feel strongly about sleeping, if you got to get in naked, and I've had to do it many times, we'll pick Washington. Uh, you're soaking ass wet, right? That hypothermic temperature, you hiked four miles back to camp, your body's producing heat. You're wet, but your body's producing heat. Um, everything you have is wet. You get back as fast as you can when you get to camp. Strip totally naked. Get that wet shit off you. Do not you do not want sweat, wetness, anything inside the bag. Not just because it, if it's if it's synthetic, doesn't matter if it get, gets wet, but you're in hypothermic conditions, 38 to 42 degrees. You're wet. You're soaking wet, but your body's producing a pile of heat. Don't fuck around when you get to camp. Get those clothes off. Zip that bag up tight, and. The reason why I'm saying sleep naked in this case, you have nothing dry to put on and your body is radiating a shit ton of heat at that point. And so get back, get naked, get in the bag, zip up and let nature take its course. Right. Maybe you've got a dry puffy jacket, um, which is totally could be the case because you've you know, you didn't need it hiking in. You've kept your bag, You kept it in your pack. Get that thing off. Your feet are probably going to be the coldest. Try to warm, keep your feet as warm as possible, meaning don't let them get cold because your, your socks are wet when you get back. Like I said, strip that shit off, wrap the puffy jacket around your feet, get in naked, zip it up tight, locked up tight, like no leaking air. That will be fine to sleep naked. If you get back and let's say it's more like a 30 degree, uh, same, same scenario, you hike four miles, you've got a wet base layer, um, you know, but not from rain, from sweat. You've got an extra base layer at camp um, or let's say even a, a fleece, um, like an intermediate fleece layer. Strip everything wet that's covered in sweat. If you got a change of socks, throw those change of socks on, put your fleece layer on, hop in the bag and don't sleep naked there. And the fleece layer is helping, you know, conduct or, or help the conduction of heat or whatever the right terminology is. Your feet are going to stay a little warmer. You got socks on and, and you're good. But overall, um, you got to think of each situation um, and how bad it is and, and what you need to do. If you come back to camp um, and, and, and let's say, oh, you hike back a mile and you hike back right after legal shooting light, you get back to camp, you're shooting the shit, you're messing with your gear. 
your body's getting colder every moment it's not moving heat is or movement is life so when you stop moving now your your body which is your heat source it's getting cooled down but that the since the torso is what your your heat box is it's not as big of a deal as your feet your feet are getting colder and colder and colder because they were sweating and anytime it's sweating your heat loss is exponentially higher so your feet are getting colder and colder as you're shooting the shit and you're doing you know whatever it is messing with your gear now your body your core temperatures dropped there's sweaty clothes you're going to pull them off but they've already done their damage and then you hop in the bag after pulling your clothes off and now your big heat box you had 30 minutes earlier is now not conducting anything and you're going to be cold unless you're one of those guys that just never gets cold. And I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing this off more towards me um, on the worst end of the spectrum because I do get cold so easy. So what I do when I get back, um, if I have chores to do and I'm losing that heat before I get in the bed, I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to get my body heated back up with the same clothes I had on um, if possible and then strip those things off because I don't want to put um, like what you what you don't want to do um, if you get back. You, you know, it's not a bad idea to swap out your clothes when you get back, but meaning you're not letting yourself freeze to death. You're not losing total heat. The moral of the story here is heat your body back up and get in the bag. So generally what I'll do is if I got a puffy jacket on, I might strip my layer off that I have on under the puffy, put the puffy back on, do some push-ups, get some heat generated, walk around, whatever I've got to do. So my body and my feet, everything's generating some heat. My feet aren't cold. I'll strip that stuff off. I'll put a fuzzy, you know, my intermediate fleece layer on. I'll throw some dry socks on. Um, I may even heat my feet up on my stove, do whatever I got to do to not get in the bag cold and I'm going to sleep fine. Getting that bag cold, you're going to be cold. Um, if you're not conducting a lot of heat, you're going to be cold. Your body's got to conduct heat or radiate heat for that bag to work. The bag is not a heater. It's an insulator. Um, hopefully all this is making sense as I'm rumbling about. Now, the other things that you can do when you get in a, in a sleeping bag. Now, keep in mind, this is with a pad that's our value is correct to the, the uh, conditions you're sleeping in. So if, if you're in extreme cold weather, like again, can't stress this enough, it's got to be above five. And or, or both, you need to have a foam pad under your uh, air pad. Or uh, you can also use like a space blanket. Um, so anyway, some of the other things that you can do to um, help stay warm, heat up, boil water, put it in an algae, um, and throw it in the bottom of the bag. Um, I always suggest the bottom because your heat are j is generally your weakest point, and that's going to heat up that um, your, your heat box, right? That's going to heat up your bag for when you get in it. You can keep that Nalgene in there. Later on, it might get cooler, pull it out. It doesn't really matter. But as long as that bag's heated up, another thing I'll do if I'm heating up a off-grid, whatever, food, mountain house, I'll heat that bad boy up and I put it in the bottom of my bag to heat the bag up. I'll take hot hands. You know, if I'm not backpacking in too far and I have hot hands, I'll rip open a hot hand, I'll throw it in the bottom of the bag. All those things will work. I'll caution if you're heating, boiling up water and putting in an algae, make sure the Nalgene won't leak. Sometimes a heated up Nalgene, the threads will leak a little, you know, you'll get the, the bag wet. You don't want to do that. Those are all, you know, hugely important things. 
obviously I'm, I'm talking about this. Um, if you have a wood stove, uh, that kind of, um, that's a, the all equalizer. You can heat your feet up. You can do a lot of different things. So I'm talking about without that. Um, next thing you can do, if it's extreme conditions or you're super cold, build a fire. Get that fire going, get your shit dry, get heated up, you know, pull your boots off, put your feet by the fire, get everything warmed up before you get in the bag. A lot of times we'll have to do this in extreme cold temps and there's just, um, you know, no, no way to get around that. As you, you know, are writing the chapters in your book of how to not freeze to death, you're going to find your own way. You might like the fire idea. You may hate fire. So you may do something different. You may not eat mountain house or off-grid food or, or peak fuel or peak refuel, whatever. But you're probably going to have an algae, so you can boil water for that. You may not have the water to boil. You know, you may be running out, so you can't boil water. That happens a lot of time, high country mule deer and sheep hunts. You just don't have the water to boil because that's the only water you got. And you need to drink it. Now, another huge thing that's... You don't want to go to bed dehydrated because your feet will get cold from that. But if you're drinking cold water, as it goes into your bladder, and I'm not a scientist, your body is going to use energy to heat your pee. So that's another thing. You want There's a happy medium of hydration and overhydration. You fill up your bladder before you go to bed of cold water. It's going to take your body to heat that pee up. You don't want that to happen either. The other thing, piss before you go to bed. And when you have to pee in the middle of the night, let her loose and go pee. But you don't want to go to bed dehydrated. Next thing, eat extremely fatty food right when you get in bed or right before. I, I get in bed, I you know, and I've done these things. We talk about whether it be a fire or whatever, all the other shit I talked about. I eat something super fatty. Um, that's another huge benefit that you people don't think about and does help high carbs and fat eat that before you go to bed some guys probably will disagree with that but that when i wrote my book of not freezing to death that's a big part of one of the chapters i eat something super fatty and high carb before i get into bed um you know and that's a that's going to help uh when i say something super you know high fatty usually you know back in the world right when you're in the rear um you're not going to want to eat something that's got sugar in it or carbs before you go to bed because it may not help your sleeping habits. Um, freezing to death is worse. So when I get back, I definitely eat something high carbs with high fat. Um, and, and it could be what I say high fat. It could be one of my homemade meals that has a shit ton of pasta and olive oil in it. And I may not eat the whole thing. I may reheat it up the next day. But I'm going to eat some of that, and that'll help. That's another huge bonus. Now, um, when, you, when you're when you going through all of this, like I talked about um, heating your body up, do not heat your body up to the point you're sweating, um, what I'm talking about before you get in the bag. So I've been in high country mule deer and sheep hunts where I've had to do push-ups all night long to stay warm because I just pushed my sleep system far above what it's capable of to save weight. So I'm doing push-ups all night, sleep a couple hours, sleep system fails, get cold, do push-ups again. If you're not dealing with being a dumbass like I've been before and pushing your sleep system, just get your body producing heat. Don't sweat, just get it to produce heat. Um, I went over the R value. Um, 
Yeah, don't bundle your core up too much. I talked about that. Um, oh, yeah, the foam pad. In extreme cold weather, I highly suggest doing an air pad and a foam pad if you can handle the weight or if you're pulling in a, a sled. Um, it is exponentially warmer. So I'll take a standard like a Z-Rest pad and then I put my air pad on the top of it. Another thing you can do is a space blanket. Lay the space blanket down. There's arguments over this where you put the space blanket over the pad or vice versa. I've always had better luck. Space blanket down, pad over the top of that, then the bag over the top of that. And that's another great way to not lose heat through your pad, especially if you're pushing the limits of your pad. And this all boils down generally to how much weight you're packing in, how much suffering you can handle, how cold each person gets, and what you're willing to do to stay warm. I try to stay happy medium. I don't push my sleep systems too, too hard. Uh, but since I do have rain on and I do get cold super easy, I have the little tricks of the trade. Generally, when I sleep, um, I, I'm in my underwear. Nothing other than a, I usually wear my fleece layer. Now, this is when it's, I'm, you know, this isn't like optimal, like super easy conditions. Like you go camping in the summer, you can do whatever you want. A lot of times in elk season, you know, especially the first week or two, it's pretty warm. You can do whatever you want. This is where I'm kind of pushing the limits of my bag. I get cold easy or there's a lot of chore work, camp work to do when we get back. Um, you know, and I, but I stay warm. When I get back, I'm in my undies. I have a set of dry socks on my feet. I'll take my puffy jacket. I'll wrap it around my feet. Usually if I'm heating up a meal, when I heat it up, I put that in the base of the bag by my foot box you know, because it's got to take 10, 15 minutes to rehydrate. That eats that up. It's a system that I have. So I get back. I more or less get in the tent, buckle up the tent. I strip all my clothes off, make my little pillow with all the clothes I was wearing by my head, swap out my socks. I do throw my socks that I've been wearing in my bag um, when I'm using a slick bag because it will dry out damp clothing. Um that's damp from sweat, not soaking wet. Um, throw the new socks on, get the foot box heated up, got a fleece layer on, got my beanie hat on, pull out the meal. I got the bag zipped up as high as I can while I'm eating. My foot box is happy. I'm staying, my body's staying fairly warm. I'm still c producing heat. It's going to take me five to seven minutes to heat, to eat. My body's staying warm. I ate a real fatty meal, put that away, piss if I have to, zip that fucker up, go to bed, and I'm a happy camper. That's what I do. Now, extreme cold, and I'm talking fucking cold, like, oh, my God, fart, here it hit the ground cold. Now we're either talking about building a fire, um, if I have a stove like a um, uh, MSR reactor, even though you're not supposed to use those to heat the tent, I'll heat the tent up a little bit with those. I'll heat my feet up. I do all the other things I talked about, but I'm going to wear a base layer on my legs now. I'm probably going to have a base layer and a fleece over my core. I'm going to have the beanie hat on. I'm probably going to put the hood of my of my sleeping bag on where I normally don't use the hood in, in normal temps. Extreme temps, I put the hood on. You're trapping every bit of heat you can. Any wasted heat loss is, a, is bad, bad juju. You got to trap every bit of heat you can in there. I eat the same, the fatty meal, and I do all that. Um, I just am a little more cognizant of heat loss. Uh, and that's, you know, you can do that. Now, when you're talking about even more extreme conditions, um, usually what I'll do, cause I'll have puffy pants with me is those puffy pants. I pull up to my knees. I fold them over around my feet that have socks on. I have my base layer, my fleece, fleece layer, and I'll put my puffy jacket on. Now this is when I'm talking so freaking cold that 
you're probably not going to have a bag that's a higher temp rating than what you're sleeping in. And so now, whether I'm pushing the limits of the bag or my, I'm just a weenie and I get cold, I'll have that puffy jacket on, which is like another sleeping bag. I'm paying attention that my layers are conducive to the conditions. I'm not sweating. So when I put that puffy jacket on, it's so cold, I'm not going to sweat. My feet aren't going to sweat with the puffy pants wrapped over. You can imagine I just zip up the pants, everything zipped up. I pull up to my knees and then I fold over and kind of tuck in the legs to help, you know, keep the heat trapped in from my feet. These are all things that you can do, but you've got to know the temp rating outside, how cold you get, what it takes for you to sweat, all those different things. Those are what's going to help keep you warm. Um, you know, the same goes for, you know, your body. When you talk about layering systems, Sitka really pushes the layering system and they're, and they're smart to do so. When, when you hike in, everybody's different. And some guys may be able to wear a t-shirt on the way in where other guys might have a fleece on. The key is, is to like dress up or down to the conditions that you're in. So you're not sweating, but you're not freezing. And it's a very, very, very difficult uh, thing to get used to without a lot of experience in the field. So, you know, for me, I know when I need a puffy, I know when I need a fleece layer, I know what I've got to do. So, you know, if I'm hiking up to a, you know, this is off sleeping bags, but the same principle, I'm hiking up to a glassing point first thing in the morning where I know we're going to sit for four hours. I'm stripped down about as light as I can get with what I got on because I'm going to be sweating. I may, when I get to the top, depending, pull that layer on off and swap it out if I can. But in general, I'm probably going to sweat a little bit. I get up there. I'm going to put every other layer I have on once I stop because I don't want to lose all the heat my body has just generated. And a lot of times I'll even put a rain jacket on on the outside to help trap that heat in because now we're sitting for four hours um, or, or however long before we go on a stock. And so now I'm bundled up as, as bundled as can be. I've got my, you know, my base layer, my fleece layer, my puffy jacket, probably my rain gear. I've got a beanie hat on. I've got a hood on. I look like Kenny. Everything's pulled up tight. Um, you know, my legs generally don't get cold, but my feet might. I may pull my boots off. And I might wrap my puffy around those and not have it up top. I may keep it up top. I may not. It just depends on every situation. Um, you know, and if, if, if it's a, the case of where my feet are going to freeze, sometimes I'll take down booties with me and I'll pull my boots off and put those booties on to keep my feet warm while I'm glassing, depending upon the conditions. These are all different things that you can do uh, to try and stay warm. It's the same principle as a sleeping bag. The key is not to sweat but to keep the body heat trapped in. You know, when you talk about survival situations where let's say you can't build a fire, movement is life. You know, you, what you've got to do if you've fallen in a river, you have got to get your body moving to produce heat. If your body's not producing heat, you are fucked like a football bat. You have got to produce heat. And so same principle when you get in your sleeping bag. If your body's not producing heat, it's not as extreme as falling in a river and not dying, but get your body to produce heat to heat up that bag um so either way um we're only at about 35 minutes here but i think i've covered everything that i need to so again um you know sleeping bag the rating that rating is if you're not a dumbass for optimal conditions the you know when i'm saying that meaning you haven't let your body freeze to death your feet are warm your r value of your pad is correct your bag's not too big it's not too small you're not compressing the sides 
So don't blame it on the bag. And I'm not just talking a Kafaru bag. I've seen people piss on some pretty high-end bags because they're a dumbass, and that's including me. Um, you know, obviously, I've done the same shit that you know you guys have done or anyone's done learning this. So don't let your body get cold. Don't let it sweat. Make sure your body's heated up before you get in the bag. Don't drink too much water, but stay hydrated. Piss before you go to bed. Eat fatty food. Cover your head. Make sure you're you're not losing heat inside your bag. All those different things are vital. If you do those, I guarantee you'll have much better sleep at night. Um, and again, don't, uh, well, don't be a dumbass. And, and again, I have been a dumbass many times about killed myself uh, trying to sleep, pushing my sleep system and everything. You can combat that. So if you guys have any questions or comments, I'm sure I've left some stuff out and there's some pretty hardcore dudes that listen to this. By all means, throw down your two cents when we post this thing up. Tricks of the trade you learned. If I forgot anything, post that up. And if you have questions, by all means, let me know. Um, Before I get off, the one thing I better cover, down and synthetic. Uh, Kafaro makes synthetic bags, um, but I would be lying if I said I didn't use down bags sometimes. I use a down bag when extremely cold temperatures are out and about, and I have no chance of getting the bag wet. I'm going to use um, a synthetic or a, a down bag. Um, anytime I'm in extreme conditions, I'm going to be getting in my bag on the side of the mountainside to glass. I'm going to use a slick bag. When 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 you're talking about wet conditions, it is hard to beat synthetic. Uh, as far as durability. The slick bag's pretty fucking durable. So I've gotten in the side of it. On a, I've gotten in it on the mountainside to stay warm while I'm glassing. Um, you know, lightweight. If you're going extreme lightweight and there's no weather in the mix, a down bag is an option. Um, you know, it's a little bit lighter weight and compresses a little bit more. Just stay cognizant. Don't get it wet. They're a little more fragile. Take care of them. Um, the synthetic bag is just more durable. You can get in the synthetic bag wet. The down bag, you cannot. You can... You can, um, you know, bad conditions, let's say your body's heated up, but your base layer's wet, uh, you're not pushing to the extremes too much. I'll get in my slick bag frequently with wet base layers, change up my socks, throw my wet socks in the bottom, and I let the heat of my body that's conducting inside the bag, that will dry off your clothing. And that you cannot do that with a down bag. You're going to get up getting the down wet. So... There is a time and place for a down bag. Um, Patrick would argue with me, but I'll use a down bag from time to time. No fucking way I'm going to use that shit in British Columbia. I'm not going to use it in Alaska, the western United States. I'm going to use a slick bag. Colorado, we bounce back and forth. Uh, this this year in the high country mule deer hunt, we use slick bags. Um, one of the scouting trips, we use the down bag. And it just depends on what's going on. And a lot of times during the hunt, I'm using a slick bag because if it gets cold, I can get let's say around the camp and we're not in tents, I'm on the side of the mountain, I'll get inside the bag just to keep warm if I have to, or I'll glass from it if I have to. Pretty hard to do that with the down bag because one of the reasons they're light is that outer layer is so fragile, you're going to rip holes in it and then down's going to blow everywhere. With ours, it's a continuous fiber filament. And so even if you rip the hole in the outside, the insulation's not going to blow out. Uh, you can throw some tape on the outside, plug the hole. Not a big deal. Can't do that with a down bag. So anyway, if you guys have questions, post them up. My email is uh, A-R-O-N at Kefaru.net. You can email me, PM me, DM me, whatever it's called. I'll answer with whatever, uh, you know, best of my ability with whatever we got. So hopefully you guys stay warm and uh, have a good Christmas. Thanks for tuning in.